ZM Sealed Section. Where you can ask whatever you want. Who are we to judge? Thanks to New Zealand On Air. I'm friends with a lesbian girl, but I feel like I've turned into a friend with benefits. Nothing has happened yet except lots of cuddling. Any advice? That's a... That's a um, I guess it can be really tough, particularly if you know that your friend um, is attracted to females. But I think that particularly for females in general, especially when we're good friends, like I think the majority of us are really okay with, um, I guess intimacy mm. um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be physical but you know we we share a lot of secrets we um, spend a lot of time together we probably um, like talk until the cows come home if you like so we do a lot of that sort of stuff where we be, we can easily become quite close um, I kind of I wonder whether um, the thing is is about being really clear about some of your boundaries or having a at least having a conversation about um, about the intimacy or about what, what it actually means to be um, providing benefits, I guess. Yeah. You know, it sounds like you're okay with it, but maybe it's about being really crystal clear about what that means for both of you. Um, so there's no confusion. Um, I guess if you don't want to go down the track of being partners or, you know, romantic partners, um, being really crystal clear about that because she might think that, oh, actually, um, this is a go. Mm. Uh, you know, well, especially because, like as you were saying before, we girls do cuddle, we give each other a hug, we you know go mm. up to each other and like hey and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it, for you it might just feel like it's what you do with the friends, but for her it might be something a little bit more. So something to think about, maybe discuss with her. Yeah, totally. I was just going to say, I think being clear for yourself what boundaries you're okay with in terms of physical um, interaction. And if you're uncomfortable with the level of interaction that's going on with her currently, then maybe just sitting her down and having a conversation and trying to be really objective. Like, oh, there was a time where you did such and such. And um, because if you make it objective and give proper examples, it makes it, I suppose, less of an emotional conversation where it can sort of heat up and she say, you know, why, why would you think that of me mm. and whatnot? So it just sort of helps minimize some of that. But yeah, if she's a good friend, she'll understand and she'll be respectful of those boundaries and tone it down if you're uncomfortable. ZM Sealed Section. Where you can ask whatever you want. So I see this guy a couple of times a week. I think he's really funny and nice, and one of my friends likes him too. I don't know how to know if he likes me or her. Sometimes he looks at me and I wonder if he does, but the thing is we're all quite good friends. What do I do and how do I find out who he likes? <sighs> so tricky. We were having a little bit of a chat about this offline as we read through it and there's a number of different strategies but I, I do um, I suppose sympathize with you my friend it's it's a tricky situation to be in um, as people that have heard me speak before will know I'm quite um, the advocate for open conversation if you can go down that path and so I suppose one of the potential options although it would be very scary I can imagine would be maybe to sit down with him and to actually under, you know maybe bring up the fact that you may be sensing that he has feelings for you and maybe asking if those um, are reciprocal. The other thing that you could potentially do is sit down with your friend and have a chat um, with her about um, her feelings for him, um, perhaps the feelings that you have and, and talking that through, just the two of you. Ladies, what do you think? I was just thinking, I, I think there's great ideas and I think I'm a big, I don't think, I know I'm a big fan of that that communication mm. and being sort of authentic and, and, and really open, transparent um, but it is a tricky one, isn't it? Mm. It's a real tricky one. And I wonder whether, um, whether you know, you might get to a point in your friendship, if, even if you haven't had that open discussion, 
about how much you, you might like each other. Um, that you just allow um, the friendship to be organic mm. and just see where it takes you. I mean, that's another angle as well because it's a huge risk. Um, mm. You know, you, you, I think you've got to be prepared for any sort of answer. And one of the answers, unfortunately, could make you feel a little bit rejected maybe. Mm. Um, so I think it's really important to play out the scenarios or the outcomes of that conversation if you're going to have it. I do encourage you to have it just as Tia said. But um, I like your approach though, Nurse Yvonne. Like I think that's probably to allow the time so that you see stronger signs either way. Because I think naturally if there are feelings there, they will probably get stronger with time and you'll have a better indication either way. Absolutely. And I think that um, in many ways feelings are not not unreliable, but our feelings change could change all the time. Um, yeah. And we may feel like they grow stronger towards one another. Or sometimes you go, actually, I thought I liked that guy or that girl. And I actually, nah, they're a bit of a pain. <laughs> you know what mm. I mean? You end up sort of like moving in different directions. And that's okay because that's all, that's what life's about really. And you might, with the time thing, you might actually notice their interaction between your friend and this boy as well and go, oh, okay, that's clearly more of a flirtatious sort of mm. keen on each other vibe yeah, yeah. without having to put yourself through that awkward conversation. But it's just deciding, you know, what you think is best for you. So maybe it's taking that time or maybe it is talking to the friend. But either way, best of luck to you. ZM sealed section. I've had my period around 10 to 12 times in total, but it's been happening every two to three weeks. Is it just settling in or is this my new schedule? <laughs> it's so cute. Is this my oh, new wow. schedule? <laughs> my new schedule, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, like, I think one of the challenging things about the show is that often when we do get medical things, it can be really challenging to sort of um, know what's going on for people. Mm. And we often get, like, two liners. And you know what's wonderful is that you're reaching out and you're asking the questions, particularly if you're worried about something. Um and so what sounds to me um, like, Georgia, that they've had their menstrual cycle now probably for about a year. Yeah. Or so, or just under a year. Yeah, that'd be about right. Yeah. yeah. And so generally um, our body, you know, is going through lots of things where we initially um, start our cycles or go through puberty. So generally it does take a couple of years to kind of settle in. Um, however, it does sound like what you're experiencing is regular, so two to three weeks. However, um, usually, um, generally, most people, it's, um, you know, three to four weeks where they get their cycles. Um, but nothing to panic about as such. However, um, I think what would be really important for you to do is have a conversation with your, your general practitioner, your doctor, your family doctor. And they're used to seeing people all the time and having these conversations. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of different factors um, that influence our cycles and that, you know, it's, it comes down to hormones, um, which can be influenced by diets and um, physical activity, but also can be influenced by, you know, hereditary factors like what were the cycles like for our, our parents mm. or should I say our mums and, um, and then our grandmothers and that sort of thing. So I think what's important is that the doctor will take a really um, thorough family history. They'll also um, ask you lots more questions um, so they can get a, an indication of what's going on for you physically um, and and reassure you. I think that's the biggest thing. And often we get asked questions, yeah, because people want to feel that like they're normal or they want to be reassured about what's happening in their body. So it would be really important that you have, um, you know, that, that from them and they can check it out thoroughly for you. Mm, so go on to have a chat to your GP and maybe if you want to, if you feel comfortable, 
feel comfortable get your mum to come along with you to just kind of go through that history like you were saying. I did yeah, not yeah. know that was a thing, so that's really interesting. ZM Sealed Section. A few of my friends are always sad and I ask if they're all right and they say that they're fine. I know that they're having a problem with something and I say if they need to talk, I'm always going to be here and they just keep saying that they're fine. I really want to help, but I don't know what to do. I'm worried that one of them might be trying to hurt themselves. Wow. Um, hey, thank you for sharing with us. And I, I think that it sounds like you're a wonderful friend. Um, and I, I, I believe that when people are in a really dark place or they're going through a really tough time, um, that it's really important to have really good friends um, that reach out particularly because sometimes it can be really hard for them to reach out. Um, obviously what you're sensing and actually seeing and hearing doesn't kind of sit right with you. So it's really neat that you have decided that you want to, you know, like reach out yourself and ask for, for some help. Um, I guess, you know, initially um, if they're not at an immediate danger, it would be, you know, it would be really important for you to just keep letting them know that you're there for them. Um, sometimes it's about just turning up, whether you're turning up in a text <laughs> um, or whether you're turning up physically. And, and you don't have to have all the answers to their problems. That Most of the time it's about just sitting with them and listening and really, really, really listening um, as an active listener. Like, when was the last time we really listened to someone, do you know, and, and allowed them to just, mm. just talk about anything that they wanted to? Um, and again, you don't have to be fixing anything. It's just really letting them there, if, if they are talking, just letting things flow. Um, one of the things that's really common, particularly with young people, is masking goes on. So, you know, when you hear your friends say, um, no, I'm all good, I'm fine, um, but you're feeling down deep in your guts um, and you're seeing that they look sad as well, that things aren't right, it's, it is important to sort of act, it is important to um, just wrap around them a little bit give them a little bit of TLC. But if you're worried about um, their immediate danger, particularly you said that they're that, that they you think that they're hurting themselves, it would be really important to um, get an adult involved in that. Um, it's really important that you don't carry that alone um, and that you connect in, even if it's with your mum to get some advice. Um, if you have the opportunity, if it's at school, maybe to talk to the school nurse or a teacher, a caring, trusting teacher that you have there. Um, or if you're really, um, you don't have any immediate people around you, then get some advice from an organisation called um, Home Care Medical and their free line is 1737. At the end of the phone, you'll find a, a trained counsellor 24-7. So really important to, like as Georgia said um, before we started this segment, um, get in touch, they're free, they're available 24-7. But again, like really important that you don't carry things alone. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of... Um wonderful support services out there so um, as some of you will know that this week was mental health awareness week and m the mental health foundation have a huge number of resources available online so I'd hugely um, encourage you to go check out that um, website because there are resources specifically dedicated to um, I suppose friends, whānau, ainga, family that are worried about somebody that might be going through something in their family, um, sorry with their mental health um, there are there's what they they've got I suppose a, um, some guidelines around how to be um, how to manage your ha uh, mental health and well-being better and they call it the five ways to well-being and so um, those five ways are be active, give, connect, take notice and keep learning. 
So one of the, um, I suppose, ideas that I was had, I had as, as we were talking about your um, your query that had come through was potentially getting together with um, those groups of friends or those individuals that you're concerned about and perhaps doing something with them that fits in one of those five ways of well-being. So perhaps you could get together and go for a walk or go for a run or go to the gym together. Um, perhaps you could, you know, get together and learn something, a new skill, you know, summer's coming around perhaps you guys could start learning to surf together and that's a way of helping keep them well um you know letting them know that you're there but also I suppose um providing a bit of support that could help enable clear that mental um, mental headspace for them but just to echo what um, Nurse Yvonne said you know I don't know what support you have around you but it is really important particularly if you think those people are in danger that you you yourself don't become um you don't drown and feel um, in over your head or feel like this this um, problem is too big for you to manage. And if it's getting to feel like that, then reach out for support from um, people that you trust around you. And I think I just of, you know, um, personally, I think that it's quite important that when it comes to this person, it's just to not give up on them and not just put, not pull yourself away from the situation. It's actually to just make sure that you're still there and touching, touching base with them, but also, a lot of people feel comfortable in their own space, if that makes sense. So if you want to connect with them, maybe it's going to their house because if you're out in a place like a like a coffee shop or whatever, that it's vulnerable, it's something that they're not comfortable with and you know they might feel a bit hard to open up. But if they're in the comfort of their own bedroom or their own lounge, they might actually want to talk to you. So that's just something to think about as well. ZM Sealed Section. Not sure if I should ask this question, but do how do I know if my marijuana use is getting bad? I smoke it every day without fail, by myself in my car, parked somewhere quiet. My mental health is not, is so bad and that's why I started smoking again. I feel like I will hurt myself until I smoke. It is the only thing that helps the thoughts go away, but I don't have any friends at all to talk to about this. Thank you. You know, one of the things, Georgia, that I absolutely am always blown away about or by on this segment is the courage that people have to reach out, particularly about things that they're uncomfortable with. Um, and I suppose... Um, sometimes people don't realise, but actually reaching out and sending through questions like that that they're uncomfortable about shows how proactive they are in terms of actually reaching out and saying that I need help. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that um, for this person that has sent this through. Um, Nurse Yvonne is going to talk through um, some support services that you can um, access because I think that there are a number out there that can help you in the situation. Um, but I would just like to call out that I think um, the fact that you are you know, I suppose going through some um, mental health and well-being um, uh, discomfort um, in the fact that you are needing to resort to marijuana use to help cope with that um, shows that there's um, there's some things there that need to be addressed and that you should be reaching out for help, particularly if you're wanting to harm yourself and that you use and because you're using the marijuana to actually stop those thoughts and that desire. Um, so I definitely recommend that you reach out to the um, help that Nurse Yvonne's going to take you through. Yeah, um, thanks, thanks, Tia. And also um, there's a whole lot of, a whole raft of other coping mechanisms that, that um, can be encouraged and this is why it's important to, to kind of touch base with the professionals. It's really important that you receive a really good, um, some really good advice here but also um, maybe have receive a, a thorough assessment to see how they can um, you know help you best um, and what we know about uh, particularly marijuana is it has adverse effects on your mental well-being so um, 
like at the initial stages of actually getting high, it can feel like things, all your problems um, are resolved or that you're feeling much better. But it's only for the moment in which you're stoned. And, um, and what's happening is that um, problems can become even worse um, for a number of reasons, financially, but, you know, your mental well-being is being um, disrupted. Um, and also it sounds like you're isolating yourself, and that's another thing that marijuana, you know, one of the effects of marijuana is that you can feel um, amotivated, which means you're not as active as you usually are. You can even um, end up feeling quite paranoid. That's some of the adverse effects of marijuana. So you're, you're less likely to reach out and trust people. Um, I really want to encourage you to start with, um, it can be an anonymous text or just a phone call. And we've talked about it all night, but it's 1737 and they have trained counsellors at the end of the phone um, to give you some advice. They also can link you to um, uh, addiction services, drug, um, uh, alcohol and drug services as well, and get some real specific um help some uh, you know they're real specialists in the field so yeah like I say it would be an anonymous call just have a conversation with them you're clearly worried about um, the effects that it's having on you so it would be really important to touch base with them um, I guess another thing you could do um, if you're not willing to at this point to reach out is do a bit of a self-assessment and there is online it's called pot it's called pot help P-O-T-H-E-L-P, and it's run by the New Zealand Drug Foundation. And there's, an there's a self-assessment tool. Um, so just Google search um, POT Help, New Zealand Drug Foundation self-assessment tool. And that can give you a bit of an indication on the, the question you ask is, are you addicted? So that would give you an indication of what you need to be looking out for and be concerned about. And like I say, um, the more use of marijuana, even though in the immediate it seems like it's helping, it is actually doing a lot of damage. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's really important that you get the right help and, and, and all the help that you need specific mm. to this issue. And in a timely manner as well. Don't let it get to the ambulance. You know, be proactive about it, which is today's tonight's the first step. Keep going in that direction. ZM Sealed Section. Where you can ask whatever you want.